0: Welcome back again. This is Faculty Forward of Florida State University College of Medicine's podcast. My name is Dr. Bill Boyer. I'm the Associate Dean for Faculty Development and Graduate Medical Education. Today we have a very special guest, Ms. Becky Wolf, uh, joining us today to talk about burnout and the three tips for transformation that don't involve self-care. So Becky is a leadership consultant with Giant Worldwide with a history and passion for coaching that extends over a decade. Becky started her career as a physician assistant over 17 years ago and has worked in various settings to include the emergency department, cardiology, and urgent care at Mountain Union University. Uh, Becky began health coaching 11 years ago while practicing cardiology and has extensive experience in motivational interviewing and behavior modification. Becky now exclusively coaches individuals and organizations with the goal of creating healthy workplace environments with higher engagement and less turnover. She has specializes in helping leaders and teams recover from burnout and safeguard themselves from burnout in the future. She has coached hundreds of clients toward their health. Becky is also a mom of two boys and her spare time enjoys hiking and weightlifting. Welcome, Becky.
1: Thank you so much, Bill. I appreciate uh, being on the podcast with you. This is great.
0: Thank you. And Becky also has her own podcast called Leadership Poll, so I'd recommend that everybody go out and subscribe to Leadership Pulse uh, to get the latest uh, information from Becky. All right. So let's look at burnout. Burnout's a big topic. Uh, lots of things, whether it's law enforcement, fire, EMS, uh, health care, and just everyday people just uh, are inundated with so many different things nowadays. And, and they people are just feeling stressed or burning out, et cetera. But before that, I wanted to mention talk to you because, as a physician assistant, you kind of switch gears. And to ask you, you know, how did you actually decide to move into coaching?
1: Yeah. so uh, as you mentioned, I started my career as a PA. I always loved healthcare honestly, since I was a like a kid, I just was in I don't know healthcare was endearing for me. Uh, just loved being around doctors, nurses, and just different uh, careers. but, uh, got started in healthcare as being a PA, um, went to initially ER, and then I knew cardiology was my space. Honestly, I did a rotation in cardiology in school and loved it. And then when I got involved in cardiology, the relationships I was building with my patients were, um, they were inspiring to me. Honestly, I just loved being able to connect with people on a deeper level. One thing I noticed though, there was recurring questions that were coming up, for um, from my patients, especially the ones I had really great connections with. They were saying like, how do I get off medications? How do we lose weight? How do I get healthy? And I felt kind of, um, absent or felt a little bit just, dis- uh, I guess removed from the ability to help them. Uh, I would refer to dietitians, and would find that they would come back to me three to six months later and nothing had happened. And I think the frustration really built at that point and found this health coaching certification that I could get uh, and uh, it could be part of my practice with motivational interviewing, really helping people get what they wanted, which was those three things, getting off medications, being healthy and losing weight. So I started to develop a curriculum for patients and inviting some patients after hours to do uh, some habits, like talking about habits that they had, things that were, they were successful, things that weren't really successful for them, or they were failing at achieving the goals that they wanted And that inspired me more than my clinical practice. So I, I talk about this pretty frequently, but I had one patient come back to me six months after he and I had been working together in that capacity. And he actually was seeing his primary cardiologist at the time. And he said uh, he wanted to see me and walk back in the room with him and sit down and not thinking anything of this conversation. And he said, Hey, I want you to know what you're doing matters. And I was kind of blown away. I'm like, well, I see patients every day. I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about here, but okay. And he said, you are the first person and the only person that listened to me about what I really wanted. And I looked at him and he said, I've lost 35 pounds. I'm off all my medicines, but one, and you're the only person that cared. Wow. And that stood out to me. And I'm like, okay, so this is the impact I want to make. And that really helped my mindset pivot towards like health coaching was the way I wanted to go. Not knowing that there was different types of coaching actually. Um, but that's the first uh, seed that was planted for me as to why coaching was the thing I wanted to do.
0: That's a super powerful story uh, right. to be able to tell and, and, and very impactful, especially for that one individual. Uh, yes. So I could see why you switched into that. So there's so many areas in health coaching and other aspects of healthcare in general, but and, you know today we're going to focus on burnout. Ah, uh, because it is such a predominant and prevalent uh, issue, um, you know, across I think all age groups uh, nowadays. And so, I'm curious in that in your span in health coaching, what made you sort of shift to burnout, and how did you decide to sort of focus on that particular area?
1: Yeah. So. What happened after I began health coaching? Because I actually uh, went into a leadership development course of my own, actually through Giant. I had somebody that was just starting to offer their services, and I felt really stuck. And honestly, if I look back, I was burned out. I was at this place in my life where I'm like, something's missing. I don't understand what it is. I feel stuck. I feel overwhelmed, and I just feel unclear about where my next steps are. So honestly, it was because I experienced it first, and I went through this year 2018 2019, and an extensive year of growth for me, and honestly, transformation. And I understood more about myself, my personality, the things that were tendencies of mine that were holding me back from fully engaging in life. And that was when I recognized, like, executive coaching was more of the thing that I was in line with. So, kind of started as health coaching, now so more so executive coaching because it's a little bit more, I would say, transformative in my mind than just directed health coaching. So, uh, I started focusing on burnout. I think because uh, honestly. It made sense because I experienced it. And then looking back on my career and looking back on what we used to say when I was even coming out into rotations, we say, oh, you know, those doctors are jaded or those practitioners are jaded. And to me, I'm like, that's burnout because people are just not uh really immersed in like the impact they're making in healthcare because there's so many problems with the system. And it's not just a system problem, it's also like our issue too, because we have to really know ourselves, our purpose, get really clear on the things that we want uh, and the alignment of where we're at. But there is a system issue and I don't want to, you know, I think globally too, but uh, I don't want to brush that under the rug as that's like the only issue is the system is the problem because it's not, Um, it is also our self-identification of like where we're at in our lives and being able to transform and really figure out what we want in our lives.
0: Yeah, I think the ability to probably be self-aware and self-reflect are important. And uh, yeah. I said, you know, a lot of individuals in leadership positions or healthcare, et cetera, you know, we, we tend to sort of hide that and not think about it because we have sort of a, a mission to accomplish and we just push through. But in, in reality, it's actually hurting us more than anything else. That's more detrimental to us from a burnout standpoint.
1: Yes. Yes. So people that are burned out their capacity, their cognitive ability is much lower. So mistakes happen uh, much easier actually. So we're not doing anybody favors by just pushing through. It is taking the time to really discover what's happening. And it does take time. I think that's why people often will say like, Oh, no, that's not happening to me. And they'll brush under the rug or they don't want to deal with it or address it because it does take time. And they're recognizing the amount of introspection that it takes. Um, but you know, it's funny, every time I've walked a client through that process, it is it's eye-opening and like they begin to live a new life that they wish they would have lived before.
0: No, absolutely. The uh I was wondering if you could, you know, off the top of your head, mention, you know, for individuals that are listening out there, you know, what are maybe three to five signs that they could look for that they may identifies I'm burning out and I need to step back and maybe either get a coach or or do something. And we'll talk about that a yeah. little later uh, to help themselves before it gets too far down the road.
1: Yeah. So negativism or cynicism towards life in general, because I think that we, we often will think that's towards like our jobs or whatever. Uh, however, there are certain personal situations where we can feel hopeless, feel stuck, overwhelmed, uh, and I, I would say in either of those situations, so personal like professional life, recognizing how you're feeling, honestly. So if it's more negative than positive, it's a good sign either, you know, I don't know people's individual histories until I talk to them, but either therapy or coaching could be really beneficial. Um, coaching deals with more the future, whereas therapy kind of helps you sift through the past and help you identify some things that are happening there. So that's number one. I would say uh, feeling hopeless is like the extreme extent of burnout of just feeling like I have no purpose or I feel like I'm not going in a, in a good direction. Um, so I would say that's like the second one. Um, and I would say kind of the feeling of disconnection from the rest of the world. So wanting to disconnect or isolate, that can be a very good sign that something is happening here that you need to get addressed.
0: You know, and from, from, you know, we often work in teams, and they're great points for everyone out there listening to really, you know, look at themselves and understand where they're at, but we often work in teams, and, and it, whether it's healthcare or otherwise, and what can some team members or, or friends or whomever, family members, uh, look for? It may be someone to say, hey, it's, it's time we sit down, or it's time you go and have a conversation with someone.
1: Yeah. I would say any abrupt change in personality. So that's the one key thing I'll tell people to look for, like, are they acting differently than typical? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think if you can identify that, you can help somebody spot things pretty quickly and then start having conversations with them, knowing that there are maybe even forecasting periods of stress that are coming up either occupationally or personally, it's having those proactive conversations can be really, really helpful. Uh, and just knowing the other person, uh, if you have really high emotional intelligence, you can identify things within people that they may struggle with early. Um, so those would be a couple of things um, that come to mind right away.
0: Hmm. The uh, so yeah, I, I briefly mentioned about self awareness, self reflection, and the importance of those. But I'm I'm curious about what your opinion is on on self care and how that relates to safeguarding against burnout.
1: Yeah, so self care is great. I think it is incredibly important. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's being really self-reflective and understanding what that looks like for you. So for some people, uh, they have routines in place where they have to go to the gym every day, or they have to walk so much per day, or they have to read, or they have to take bubble baths or whatever that looks like. Those are all really, really great things. And I think it's necessary to be proactive with our own health in order to not get to the place where we feel like we're not doing anything for ourselves. I think if we're into this space, though, where we're feeling kind of burned out, we have to relook at those types of rhythms to see if they're for us or if they're helping us or if we need to do something different. The other thing I would say is if you've never really leaned towards those type of rhythms and you're feeling burned out, it is a bigger issue. And I talk to people about this all the time. I feel like that was pushed really, really hard. Like self-care is the way out of burnout and people weren't feeling better. So they're like, okay, well, you just more self-care. And it's not helpful because there's not transformation as to what's necessary for self-care. There's not the actual idea of looking at oneself to really uh, dissect what's happening within our personalities or tendencies within the things that really are our genetic makeup uh, of who we are and unlayering some of the things maybe we were told about ourselves that just aren't true. So it is more complex than just self-care. I think that's the the hill that'll probably die on when it comes to burnout, because it is so important for people to just recognize that if you're not feeling better, there's a deeper process to go through, and it's just not the self-care. So you're not an outlier if self-care is not working for you. There's something more there.
0: Right. If we were to sort of compare and contrast sort of what's effective and what's not effective uh, in that space, what do you think some of those could be?
1: Yeah. So I think self-care routines, just in general, are not a bad thing. Um, exercise, great for just general self-care. And there's you know studies that have proven as far as mental health, it does improve and it does. In some situations, however, if people are extremely stressed and in burnout, they can feel like that's even too much. So it's recognizing where you're at on the spectrum of stress. So chronic stress leads to burnout. So if you are just experiencing stress without hope, that's, that's where you need to get some serious help. Um, if you're like the moderate stress area where you feel like, I am just trying to prevent myself from going into that space. Then it's looking at those rhythms and probably maybe adjusting some of those may be helpful. Um, when we get to this chronic stress, like burnout stage, though, I feel like there's the the values that have to be looked at. Like, what are my values that are maybe misaligned here with either life or I'm saying yes to too many things, or I'm working at the wrong organization because I don't really align with who they are. It's not part of who I am. Um, So that's a big thing. And I feel like rhythms get off pretty quickly. So if you're somebody who connects with people really easily and you don't have enough connection time with friends, family, or whatever that looks like, and that's really off, it's making the space and the time to put that back in the forefront. So there are a bunch of different things to kind of look at to dissect but values, vision, people connections, your personal health rhythms, and also financially. Uh, that's a, a big one I've recognized that if you don't have financial security, that can be, really lead to some some additional stress that can lead you down a path of burnout.
0: Right. I I was just thinking off the top of my head, I'm thinking back to like Maslow's hierarchy, you know, and if you can't meet certain yep. needs, you know, there's issues. And, yep. and those issues could lead to burnout. Uh, and then how do you combat that uh, from that sense? The, uh, so I was thinking about, you know, we're talking a lot about individual stuff. And, you know, it's important to be able to take care of ourselves before we can take care of others. And that's whether it's a family event or uh, a work event. But many of us act in leadership roles and, right. and have the function in leadership role. And I'm curious, you know, what your thoughts are regarding the trends and what you're seeing in space, in these spaces, in regards to leadership and the, the idea of, you know, I, if you if you didn't take care of yourself, it's hard to take care of others.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is putting your oxygen mask on before you help others. So the reason I partner with Giant, so Giant's been around for ten years. We just celebrated the ten year anniversary of it, and it's transformed so many people's lives, including my own. But the reason I love Um, working with them uh, is because it is scalable. So if I help one particular leader get really, really healthy, it then transforms other leaders within that division. So just as an example, I started working with a new organization recently and this group is on fire. They have huge goals for expansion and they know they can't do it without really healthy leaders. So they're investing in healthy leadership right out the gate because they know it's essential And every leader I've talked to so far with this group is willing to do the hard work of looking at themselves and saying, these are some areas I need to work in if I want to get to the next level or if I want to help the people that I'm working with get to the next level. So it's essential and they know it and they live it, they breathe it. They're just so on fire for what they see as possibilities for the future. And you almost have to get to that level. Leadership is harder now that I think than it's ever been. Because we have to be almost inspirational leaders. And if you're not, and people don't feel like that motivation from you, and they don't align, they will leave. So turnover rates are insanely high at this point. So it really requires us to be different types of leaders at this point.
0: No, I agree completely. And, you know, there's so many things, you know, from a workforce standpoint with the quiet quitting and everything else that, you know, leaders have to be very in tune uh, with their with their colleagues their workforce and but without being in tune with themselves it's it's hard to really focus then on your sort of colleagues that are out there so you you work with a lot of different groups and leaders out there so I, I'm curious you know what your feelings are and how you think you know how burned out are leaders right now and uh, and sort of why do you think that is
1: mm-hmm Yeah, I think it varies. I think that there is a lot of burnout. Um, You know, I love how you addressed this earlier, Bill. You said it's not just in healthcare. It's industry-wide, right? And I've noticed that I get to have the ability to work with people outside of healthcare. And I absolutely love it because it just, everybody's struggling with some type of leadership issue right now. And Mm -hmm. it is, I absolutely love every client that I have. I love them. And I think that the reason people are struggling is because, um, again, varying on personality, but some have never had to deal with the amount of turnover that they're dealing with. And they know their people are struggling, and it it feels almost like they did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a personal attack on them that they can't get out of it, and it's mm-hmm. not. It is just this slow kind of progression of, we have to make some changes, we have to help you identify as you stand for this type of culture. And like help people come into it. They're going to have the same values as you have. Um, And then some of them are, their identity is in work. So everything they have is placed into their work environment. And so for them, it's an an attack of their identity. And it's the separations and working with them to separate that you're more than just your job. Um, So I think those are just a couple of quick examples of either the identity piece or the piece of like letting people down.
0: Right. And, yeah, I think many of us fall into that as leaders, that you don't want to let your people down. You don't want to let your organization down. And mm-hmm. you, you bring on this sort of, uh, you know, self-identified stress that then just, you know, it's sort of domino effect, I think. And it just rolls yep. and rolls. And next thing you know, it's just this just speeding train down the track. And now mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out how to stop it. but. You know, I know, yeah, from being in the military, you don't like to talk about things sometimes like that. And it's like, how do you get people to sort of say, you know what, it's okay to talk about, I might be burned out. I I might need to take a break from this before I can't work anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. So one of the tools I use pretty frequently with clients, and I encourage them to use that and give them language to use it, is what we call our peace index, and it goes through some of the factors that I've already talked about, like people, place, provision, personal health, um, and purpose. Honestly, so it goes through all of those factors, and it it is objective to a sense of you put numbers around those, mm-hmm. but it also is the ability to see within someone's life of what's going on, and if you're if you have really high levels of trust, psychological safety being a foundation for a healthy team. If you have that, people are going to be willing to open up to you of, Hey, I'm struggling in this area because I'm struggling with my kid right now and there's nothing you can do to fix it. But I'm so glad you asked, right? There's loyalty then. And there's a level of trust that you, if you never asked, or you don't have that level of psychological safety, people will not open up to you. So that's, you know, Pat Lencioni talks about trust being the foundation of a healthy team. And that's absolutely true. Those teams that have that are willing to have higher levels of engagement and honestly, they stay longer because they know that those types of environments are harder to find.
0: Right, and you mentioned Lencioni. I think uh, he has a great book that was out there on I think the five dysfunctions of a team yes. and how yep. to sort of figure all that out, you know, and get yeah. past that. Yeah, you know, it's a great book. So, so we talk a lot. We, we've talked a, a good bit about burnout, but. You know, we don't have to be burned out if we would take proactive steps and and I self-identify, self-reflect, and be self-aware. Uh, but what would you say or how do you look at the opposite of burnout and what that seems to be? So
1: the opposite of burnout is engagement. Mm-hmm. So those organizations that have, have really high levels of engagement, it's likely because they have teams that feel like they can be themselves so inside outside of work and that's the the goal of what people want they want to be able to be authentic be themselves regardless of where they're at so having high levels of engagement usually those organizations have high levels of trust they're willing to just um, invite people to the table who have the same values and uh, they're able to problem solve so much faster and grow so much quicker so expansion for them is usually the goal um, so that is absolutely the opposite of burnout. When you have somebody who is in the right seat in the, in the bus of the organization and they're performing at the level of where they're, their best, giving their strengths and living into that. Um, so yeah, those are the the teams that are really highly engaged.
0: Right. And performing at a high level. Yep. Absolutely. So we talked about a lot of stuff and you've mentioned about a uh, health coaching certification stuff. So I know there's probably uh, listeners out there. That would be very interesting, possibly just from listening to this podcast and listening to you talk and your story about sort of how you decide to make the shift over uh, to this uh, field. And if you could, if you had the time to just mention about health coaching certification, how you went down that pathway, what that pathway was, and talk maybe even a little bit more about Giant Worldwide uh, okay. so that the listeners out there who may be interested in maybe becoming a health coach or et cetera – uh, this could help them go down that path like you did.
1: Yeah. So uh, keep in mind when I got certified, it, it was like 11 years ago.
0: Okay. Certified.
1: So it was different, right? So all with all things, there's like different guidelines and things that there are now. But when I got certified, it was actually with an organization that specialized in practitioners. So me actively practicing as a PA, I wanted something that aligned with being a practitioner and like having the time constraints that I had. So um, I am certified through the NHSC, so still certified through them. Uh, there are other certification bodies, though, that are national. So anybody who's rec- like wants to go through something like that now, I recommend going through the national body. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly cannot remember. I'm terrible. With, like I think the uh, acronyms I- and stuff I- for that. Yes, uh, but uh, but there is a national certification program that you can go through.
0: And the, uh, and so NH
1: nhsc is the organization that i went through
0: yeah and also uh so giant worldwide because i i honestly don't know much about them myself so i'd be very interested i'm sure the listeners would about exactly what that is
1: yeah so giant is a company that the co-founders um one of our founders actually uh is very very knowledgeable about mbti which is myers-briggs and Mm One of the deficits he found though, was that Myers-Briggs is complicated and having the four letters, people sometimes didn't understand what they meant, how to use them, what it meant actually in teams to be really effective. Mm -hmm. And he'd studied it for about 30 years. And he's like, I need to do something with this. So a lot of it came from his experience. And then the other co-founder was a serial entrepreneur. So they kind of, they got together and they were using some of the information that they had used uh, in business and with the personalities and they create what we call five voices. So five voices is a certification. I'm certified in five voices, hundred X leaders. So the tools and um, things that we use with giant, I'm certified in all of those Um, and predictive leadership behaviors and such. But um, essentially five voices is a way to reduce the amount of personalities you have to remember so <laughs> into five instead of the 16 personalities and it's a way to engage with the information make it more objective and it's a common leadership language so just like we have a medical speaking language uh we have now a leadership language and it really significantly helps the scalability and pipeline of leaders so that's why i love it there's a framework there's a process. That, goes, uh, that you go through in order to uh, to grow as a leader, and it just makes sense for me.
0: Absolutely. That's great information. So I happen to, of course, Google is our friend. So I happen okay. to Google it, the National Society of Health Coaches. Yes. Okay. Yes. So for anybody out there listening who has an interest in this, the National Society of Health Coaches, as well as the Giant Worldwide uh, to look at. So we covered a lot of material today, a lot of great material that hopefully will Be impactful for people out there listening. And I do want to take this opportunity to thank you for being on Faculty Forward today. And I want to also remind people to subscribe to Becky's podcast, Leadership Pulse. Again, that's Leadership Pulse. uh, And listen in to what she has to offer uh, through her podcast as well. Uh, So uh, Becky, it was great talking to you. I had a great time. Uh, Hopefully we we continue to uh, stay in touch and and maybe work down the road on something.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for the opportunity, Bill. I really appreciate it. All
0: right, thank you very much. Uh, And thank everybody out there for listening. And again, tune in to our episodes. Make sure you subscribe uh, to Faculty Forward and get the latest information on what's going on out in uh, the field. Thank you very much, everyone.